Hi, I'm Nathan Austin, and you're listening to Glory Days of Gold. Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. Welcome to this week's episode of Glory Days of Gold, your East Fife and Scottish football podcast. I'm Lee Gillis and I'm on my own in terms of hosting this week because Michael McCall has decided he's quite dissipated fancy. I think that because we didn't get the win, the toys are out the pram. Um, all the way in Canada, I heard the rattle being thrown across the room when we got the disallowed goal, but nevertheless, we move on. I am joined by two surprisingly happy looking chaps um, and Gordon Henderson. Hello, Gordon. Hi. And of course, everyone's favourite Doug, Doug Perry. Great to be here, Lee. Always a pleasure. Well, I'm glad that you guys look happy to be here, unlike our um, Canadian counterpart. But nevertheless, we're here to talk about today's game, um, a nil-nil draw with Cove Rangers and what seemed an absolute recipe for disaster from the get-go and we'll, we'll, we'll start by talking about the streaming issues which I think probably the majority of fans will be more interested to hear our thoughts on that other than what was much of a nothing game but the Stephen Mill sort of let on early on in the stream before you guys get in that the, the club didn't feel that they were responsible for the stream um, not going ahead to people I managed to get in time for kickoff, but I know that you guys I think, I think Gordon you managed to get in um, just in time for kickoff, but Doug, um, how long did it take you to get in? Um, I tried again at half time, and it was just saying the same thing. I turned my laptop off, turned it on again, same thing. Tried about probably about five minutes in the second half, and I just turned my laptop off. And I, I know there's quite a few people in the same boat. I, I I only watched the game because of some illegal link that I don't even know who it was. It's Scott Young maybe sent me. Um, so, yeah, I got the commentary, but it wasn't the East 5 TV like. No, really frustrating. Um, it's amazing how I was really, I was like so excited for the game after last week and it totally killed it for me. Like it genuinely did. I was watching it on my phone. The sound, the commentary was like a second ahead. So I ended up turning that off because every time we got a half chance, you knew it was missed. So... Frustrating. Very easy to say it's not our fault. I mean, whose fault is it then? I think that from Liam Anderson um, came on at half time, and to be fair, I looked absolutely scunnered. Um, I, I think that pretty much at every game that we've had at home, there's been some sort of technical hitch. That the reasoning for it has come through is that the server or the host from the website is is what has gone down, which wasn't allowing people to get in. So what? 
happened is, to be fair and, and give the club the credit where it's due, they acted fast. They sent out links to people that were having issues accessing it to go through a different website to watch the game. Um, so that's where your your dodgy link came from. It's it's not one that had XXX in it like they usually do when it comes to you, Doug. Um, but yeah, they, they found a, a route to get people watching it. But look, from, from a fan's perspective, it's disappointing because it, it shows up the club, particularly if you've got people um, and obviously the opposition stream, um, try to stream it as well. It just kind of makes us look a bit unprofessional, but equally, you know, the, the club aren't going out their way to make it difficult. There's got to be that, yeah, we feel for them, but equally it, it's not a, a good sort of user experience. But we'll move on from that and talk about the game. Gordon, how, if you had to sum it up in three words? Not very good. Um, <laughs> it was, you know, as, as, an, as an entertaining game of football, there was a few incidents, but it wasn't a good game to watch. It's, you know, cover a decent team and they're tough to play against. And I thought we were a bit the same today. You know, first first half particularly, I thought both teams were closing down really hard, weren't really giving each other much space to play. And it, it doesn't lead to an entertaining game. Uh, Defences were well on top. Um, there was a few chances, but you know, maybe, maybe over the course of the game we actually had the better chances, but... Um, you know, lack of, lack of quality in the final third, lack of final ball. Um, you know, there's just a few times where the ball was maybe just just ahead of someone, just behind of someone. Um, it wasn't a it wasn't a good game, but um, you know, Cove were a lot better than Clyde were. Um, they are they are a tough team to play against. I I don't imagine there's many great games involving Cove Rangers. It's not a criticism of them. Um, it's just. The way they play, they're a tough team to play against, I think. It seemed a very... I, I was probably going to use the word stuffy to describe the game, and it just felt like that the whole way through it. Like you say, both teams um, seemed to keep to press and, and nullify any attacks, but it did make for a much-about-nothing game. But the first half wasn't without its chances. Um, Doug, best chances of the first half probably lay to... To, to Nathan Austin, who who did well to, to wriggle past some defenders and create probably what we would call a half chance. But really, nothing really of note happened in the first half. Obviously, you missed parts of it, but from what you did see, anything stand out for you? No, I, I mean, again, echoing kind of what Gordon was saying there, it was, it was just a really evenly matched sort of game. I mean... I felt every pass up to Fash seemed to be just not quite in his feet. It was always just the size. So it was hard to, for him to hold the ball up and it, it just it just got quite frustrating. Um, yeah, I mean, it was actually a great wee bit of skill down, you know, when he, he'd done the defender. Um, and every time we got that sort of half chance shot, it seemed to be sort of semi-sclaffed. And like Denham had one at the start of the second half where he cut inside. It was just a sclaffed shot and, I think what I think it was probably what in that one in the first half, but no, I mean I, I think nil nil at half time, as it was at full time, was probably more than right. Really, I don't think there was it was much of a muchness really between two solid teams. Yeah, I think that but yeah, first half definitely. The second half probably that little bit more action packed, and there's probably a little bit more to to break down across the way. I think the first big talking point really in the second half is the penalty. Um, 
and a resounding, and I'm going to guess from the three of us, get it right up here to Mitch Meganson with another penalty miss against us. But what is going through Liam Watt's head? And Liam Watt probably had one of his worst games in his fifth jersey today. I, I, I think that um, a lot of misplaced passes, um, and he's a player I like a lot, by the way. I, I think that he's an excellent player, but he, I don't, and, and here's something to throw out to you. I think that we looked more off the pace today than we did last week, which is strange considering last week was our first week back. I, I, we just there was no fluidity in our play from any aspect. Like you say, a lot of stray balls. But what do you make of the penalty, Gordon? Ah, it was it was a crazy tackle. I mean, um, Cope had a decent enough attack down the left, but it looked like it was, you know, maybe. Uh, not completely clear the danger, but it didn't look you didn't need to put in a, a last gas tackle like that. And I think ah, Liam Watts just completely misjudged it, you know, he's just gone flying in, um, and he didn't need to. And ah, anytime you do that in the box when you don't need to, it's, it's a mistake. Um, and it just, it just ended up looking terrible because I didn't, I didn't think Cove, you know, I didn't think they were going to get a shot away or anything like that. Um, but you know, credit to. <laughs> Brett Long, I um, mean, it was a good save and it was a bit of a shit penalty. Um, but oh, it was a penalty we did not need to give away and it would have been gutting yeah. to lose to that. Yeah, needless penalty. Doug, was his penalty in the first game worse than that one because both were equally awful? Yeah, I mean, I'd quite like to see it again. I don't know whether Long saved it with his legs because I think he just yeah. tried to hit it in the middle and then had that sort of spin up and you think he's just going to tap it in and then I don't know. I don't know how it went wide, but um, no good. He's obviously a bit of a gas man, as you and Mitch. I probably learned that at his little spell at Starks. Um, going back to the challenge, absolutely ludicrous. Just, I mean, what are you doing? And it was funny because about a minute before, I think it was Slattery dived in on a guy in a similar kind of situation where there's so much cover. And you're like, oh, that's so close to get. I actually turned to my girlfriend, who's not watching the game or listening to me. You know, say, oh, we got, we got away with that. She had no idea what was going on. Um, <laughs> just, uh, just, ah, that's mental. It's weird what goes on. It, it reminded me of, was it Slattery's one against Partick where we weren't sure if he slipped yeah. or, or not? You know, it just had that look of like, what are you doing? It was, yeah, it was a heads gone moment from Liam Watt. And he will have been one very, very relieved man when that went wide in the end. Yeah. I think literally in the, the, the G-Dog WhatsApp group, maybe about two minutes or three minutes before that, I was like, I think it's maybe time to make a change and, and bring what off. And then that penalty, I was just like, oh, no, I can't believe like he's just done that. But look, fair play to Brett Long. Um, does seem to have a pretty good record with pens um, from off the top of my head in terms of saving them. And to be honest, apart from that, he really didn't have much to do. Maybe there are a few routine saves, but nothing else that springs to mind, really, that I felt that he'd produced an outstanding one. In fact, right after the penalty, he did make an amazing save on the follow-up um, to make sure that it didn't go in. So we definitely have to give him kudos for that, and I'm pretty sure he'll probably get a point in the three to one, at least one point in three to one from all of us for that alone, because other than that, it is pretty much slim pickings. Again, I'm just I'm just quickly writing down in brackets long in my three to ones here. 
forgot about him. There we go. Thank you. <laughs> Don't worry, Bob. <laughs> um, I'll take an assist, which is uh, much more than anybody else in the park got today. Yeah, exactly. um, apart from that, really, we're, we're talking about missed chances and almost opportunities and really nothing. <laughs> so let's move on to the last sort of five minutes of the game from the top of my head. We're, we get the ball through an absolute a stonewall free kick. But like I was just saying to Gordon just before we went online, we the, the ref Ronconi didn't let the play just run on that extra couple of seconds. It was like he immediately blew for the free kick. And then we've obviously played through and scored, but then obviously the Cove players have stopped. Now, if you're on the flip side of that and that's Cove and it's his five, you would be absolutely livid if the goal went ahead. But as he's five fans, you're gutted that you didn't get it. How do you see that, Gordon, yourself, and how that would manifest if you were on the flip side? Or try and look at it completely objectively and see how you feel. I I wasn't watching it with the sound on because um, the sound was too far ahead. Like Douglas saying, you know what's going to happen. So I just put it off. So I don't know when the, when he blew for it. But what I would guess is that he's just, like you said, he's just blown immediately. And once he blows the whistle, that's it. You know, the co-players can, they, they can just stop playing and you can't give the goal. Once you blow the whistle, that's completely it. And what he really should have done is just hesitate that couple of seconds to see if we were going to get an advantage of it, which we clearly would have. Um, but aye, if that had gone the other way aye, and our players had stopped playing and they just played it in and scored, you would aye, you would have been raging. But um I think it was it was poor refereeing because he should have just waited. I mean, I assume they're, they're, this is what they're told all the time. You should just wait to see if there's an advantage. And, yeah. just do it. and Doug, just before that, actually, as well, just talking about Roncon as a whole, who just seems to give us absolutely nothing. Was it a penalty not long before that that we should have had in the box? I shouted for the penalty, and I think that had there been a crowd in that game, we might have got it. Um, however, he decided not to give it. It would have been a soft one, but as as the team going forward, you're looking for it to be given. I think, um, yeah, it was one of those ones. It was a sort of wee break of the ball and a wee famous Irishman, Rick O'Shea, and he went, yeah, look, I, if it had been given against us, I would have put that under the very soft bracket. Um, but, you know, of course, it's the last few minutes. I mean, with a goal that wasn't, it's so difficult for a ref because you're right at the heat of that moment, the last couple of minutes of the game, it's getting a bit intense. The ref will feel that because both teams are trying to win. East Fife have got, been fouled 20 yards out in a ref's eyes. You know, that's a very attacking thing to give. I mean, yeah, obviously we'd have loved it to carry on, but if we'd carried on, I'm sure the core of defence would have also been there. But you hear the whistle, you're going to stop, aren't you? Um, the old adage of playing to the whistle, but yeah, it was it's frustrating. They're always frustrating, but oh, look, I can see why. I mean, that 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 will happen in the top leagues in the world, that sort of thing. It's just it's one of those things. And, and then you know to to have that moment taken away from you, and then which I'm sure we'll obviously come on to now, an unreal free kick that you know underside of the bar and somehow stayed out, but quite was quite devastating as well. But yeah. Well, you've, you've teed me up there perfectly. A reverse assist from earlier on now. 
we've got to talk about Ryan Wallace's free kick and what can only be described as the the real sum up of the entire afternoon of an almost an almost goal, an almost opportunity, just didn't quite work, just didn't quite click. Um, an absolute peach of a free kick, Gordon. Oh, it was brilliant. I thought, um, you know, when he hit it, I thought it was going quite comfortably over, but it got, you know, he managed to get some dip on it. Um, and ah, I don't know. Aye, so it hit the underside, just maybe bounced down in the six yard box. It was a, it was a cracking free kick. You know, it was what inch or two away from going in, and that would have been up there for goal of the season. But can, can I, can I ask a question, Lee, Lee Gillis? Would yeah. that have been harsh if we'd scored and won? I personally feel the draw was the right result. I think no team deserved to win that. Um, I called it last week. I felt it'd be a draw. I thought both teams would would nullify each other, and I've been kind of proven right um, by that today. I I, I don't think yeah. I'd, I'd have happily have taken it, and I mean, how many times have we had um, a, a goal given again a goal against us in terms of the run of play? Even this season, we've we've lost games that we haven't deserved to lose. So it'd be nice to to see that gone for us for once. But yeah, I think it would have been a harsh one. What about yourself, Gordon? I think, I mean, if we'd won the game, I don't think it would have been an injustice, but I think a draw was probably the right result if you take the game as a whole. I mean, I mean, it was a daft penalty to give away, but they should have scored that. They'll feel that they should have scored that and then they should have won. Um, maybe we feel that one of our chances could have gone in. But overall, I think, I think a draw was fair. But yeah. Anybody nicked it, it wouldn't have been that outrageous yeah so look let's have a quick look just now then and I think that the the game's pretty much summed up unless Doug you've got anything to add about the game or Gordon no I mean the only thing I was going to say was you got the feeling with about sort of three four minutes ago that Cove just went right that'll do we'll take we'll take a draw I think I think for them given our home form that's a pretty good point they'll look at um, in terms of, of where they want to go and I suppose in my head, before the game, it was a case of four points out of Cove at home and Montrose away. And, I, you know, maybe it puts a little bit of pressure on Tuesday and what's a difficult game. But, yeah, it's, it's very hard to come away from that, not thinking it's two drop points. But, yeah, we could easily have lost that and it would be a, a totally different... You know, we're still unbeaten at home and that's, a, that's always a nice thing to have on your side for sure. Definitely. So let's have a look at the, the league situation and the results today is a lie. I'm sure that our listeners will have known what the results are, but in case you guys haven't had a chance to look um, at the, the Shybury Excelsior Stadium or whatever it's called these days, the Airdrie went 1-0 up, but um, eventually lost 4-2 to Partick Thistle. Um, Scott Tiffany, who's obviously just joined them on loan, I believe, this week, um, got to getting on the score sheet, um, we had Dumbarton lost 1-0 at home to Peterhead. 0-0 for us. Falkirk beat 4-2-0 and Montrose and Clyde are two apiece. So in terms of where that leaves the league table, obviously Falkirk, um, pretty, well, six points clear as it stands off Cove in second place. Patrick Thistle, that result today takes them up to third on 19 points, two points behind Cove. You've then got Montrose, who are on 19 points, along with Peterhead. 
Um, all these teams, except from Partick, have played 13. Partick have got a game in hand, so obviously they win that, they go above Cove. Then us on 11 games on 17 points, so if we do manage to, to win our two games in hand, it's still going to take us to 23 so would theoretically take us into second place as long as we win them both. We've got Airdrie a uh, point behind us having played a game more on 16. We've got Dumbarton played 11 and on 11 points. Clyde on 10 having played 10 and four for languishing at the bottom 12 games and uh, nine points. So we're still in the mix. Doug, do you want to tell our listeners about the bet that you put on after last week and does the, today's performance make you regret it? Uh, no, I, I I searched high and low for a betting firm to give me odds on the League One because not many ones were doing it. Uh, found Bet Victor were giving me, I think it was 50 to 1, so I put £20 on these five to win. Am I regretting it after today? Probably, but it was always one of those bets where we had to keep winning, really, uh, you know, to an extent to put a bit of pressure. Um, it's not the worst bet, but it's looking a little worse now. <laughs> Um, I, I, I'm going to put I'm going to put you both on the spot here, uh, okay. and I'm I'm excited I'm excited for you both. I'm wanting league champions playoff hope. Who's going to finish in the playoffs? Who's getting relegated? And who's relegation playoff? Gordon, go. Champions, Falkirk. Playoffs. Cove, Partick, East Fife. Bottom of the table. Four for relegation playoff. Clyde. Lee Gillis, go. Falkirk champions, Cove, Partick, and Montrose for the playoffs. Um, being a total turncoat, and Gordon looks disgusted with me, but I'm just being honest. I, I just I can't see us putting the form together to get it in. I'll be absolutely delighted to be proven wrong, but like I said on last week's show, ever the, the pessimist and, you know, um, I'll take it if it happens, but if not, then I've, I've not been wrong. Um, bottom, uh, yeah, Falker, uh, sorry, Forfar are, are pretty much down, aren't they? And they've been woeful any time I've seen them this season, t- tend to lose. I'm actually going to go for Dumbarton um, to finish second bottom, um, an absolutely garbage side, uh, but equally either them or Clyde, and I think that either of those two are losing the playoffs as well. Good. So what about yourself, Doug? Probably not too dissimilar, I think. Uh, yeah, we've got to say Falkirk top. That result today for Partick, was was that the result we've been waiting on for them? You know, like a real dominant display against one of the so-called better teams. I'll go Partick second, Cove third. I'm going to say East Fife will sneak into fourth. Uh, relegated, I'm going to go Dumbarton. I think they're on a downward spiral and the fans seem to now hate Jim Duffy. And it's a toss-up between the two worst teams I've seen which is Forfer and Clyde, and I'll go for Forfer second ball. I yeah, Clyde are awful though. <laughs> they really are, but to we've be got, fair, I'm just, we've got a goal scorer. Yeah, that's that's the only difference. That's the, the real difference in Good Willie. Um, you know, give him a chance and he'll score. Although he didn't score today, two goals for Lewis Jameson um, for Clyde today. But look, let's have a look. Obviously, at the the fixtures coming up. Um, so on Tuesday, um, you've got Cove at home to Airdrie. Now, how do we want that game to go? Because this is really difficult. This is where, because it's so tight, I think the best result we could hope for there is a draw. Um, we've then got Forfar, uh, sorry, Falkirk at home to Dumbarton. 
us away up to the Gable Endies, and we've got Patek against Forfar and Peterhead versus Clyde. So our game against Montrose at home um, was a draw, if I remember right. Um, I want to say 2-2. Two, two. Yeah. So a 2 all draw in the first game and another one that could have went either way. Montrose good at home. Stuart um, Petrie, obviously, a, a highly sought-after manager and his name has been banded about by quite a lot of the, um, the, the vacancies that we've seen. Gordon, I'm going to put you on the spot. How do you see it going? I think it's a really tough one because the, the result today that surprised me the most was Montrose drawing two all on to Clyde. I thought Montrose would be a stick-on. I, mean, I think Montrose have had a few games like that where, you know, they get even like us, the two all draw, they seem to be able to score, but they do concede. Um, I see that as a really tough one to call, a bit like today. I think it'll be a really close game. I don't think there'll be much more than a goal in it. Um, I could see a draw, like a 1-1 draw. It's amazing how after a win, our predictions always tend to be massively positive. However, after a draw or a defeat, we're all pessimistic as anything. I'm mm. going to go the opposite. I think we'll sneak it on Tuesday. I'm going to say a 1-0 win, um, and I'm going to say a Ryan Wallace goal. But, Doug, what about yourself? Yeah, it, yeah, right. It's amazing what the difference of coming straight at the end of a football game makes of your uh, thoughts. I'd messaged someone, Matthew McLean maybe, before the game and said I was really confident of today, but much less so about Tuesday. So I'm going to have to switch it around. Montrose are a weird team. Like, I always think on paper, they just, I don't know any of their players really, it seems. It's a weird, they're just, they're just well drilled and a pretty good side. I am going to go for a 2-1 win to Fife. Fash has got great memories up there, scored a hat-trick in his last spell with us. So he'll not score. So probably Wallace and someone else. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, think, I think if we have any aspirations for top four, we, I don't think we can't lose the game. I, th- I don't think a draw would be a disaster, but I think if we lose, we're just starting to drift into that mid-table sort of nothingness a wee bit but um, like we said last week what's that? Maybe a little bit early for that shout I will tell you the reason for that shout this is this is now us getting into this like we're playing everyday stage so that's why I felt today was massive if we could have won because it, it was we were in the normal routine of Saturday Saturday we're just now going to venture into that Tuesday, Thursday, and momentum is going to be huge. So if we don't win, you're then going to Thursday on a bit of a downer. You've not had much time to even think about it. Rolls into Saturday, rolls into Tuesday. Just everything seems to snowball a little bit. So, um, no, I just think if, yeah, I, I, I do feel that we need to we need to not lose if we're, if we're thinking top four. So the then on Thursday... And what's the games are thick and fast, and we're as well as talking about these games now because we're not going to speak till, about them now till next Saturday. Um, is it, is it th- Thursday? I'm just convinced we were playing Clyde. Could I be wrong? Yeah, Clyde on Thursday. Yeah, no, Clyde at home. Yeah, yeah, it's because I've picked the wrong month. Um, thank stream, you, live stream, stream live, stream live on an Azerbaijani link. Yes, probably. So um, <laughs> Thursday is when we're going to start seeing the, the sort of makeup of the lost game. So Clyde at home, 
I fancy us for a win there, and I'm going to go for another high-scoring game. I'm going to go for 3-0. Um, what about yourself, Gordon? Yeah, I think we'll win. I'm confident about that one. Clyde, um, also, you know, we're starting, we had a, a three-week. We, we, we played Saturday-Saturday. Montrose and Clyde both played on Tuesday. So, you know, it might not make the biggest difference in the world, but, you know, especially on Thursday, Clyde are already in the middle of a pretty heavy schedule. I don't think they're very good. It's a game we've got to win. I think we'll win it quite comfortably 2-0. Doug? Yeah, I was going to say 2-0 as well. Um, yeah, hard to disagree with much. It's, uh, yeah, we've got to win that one, haven't we? Our, our home form's good. I can't see us losing our undefeated home record to Clyde. No, we'd hope not anyway. And Scottish Cup, so then Greenock Martin at home. Not so confident about that one. And given our fixture list, I I really would love to see us win, but equally it wouldn't ruin my, my day, week, month, or even my year. But I'll still be there for you if we went out. Um, what about yourself, Gordon, in terms of predictions? I same. I think, you know, Morton are full-time. They're probably going to have no midweek games next week. We're part-time and we're going to have two... <sighs> In normal circumstances, I'd be looking at that as one that I think we could go and beat them. Uh, in these circumstances, I think it'll be tough. I'm not sure we'll put out, you know, the first 11. And if we get beat, I wouldn't be too bothered because another game would be absolutely murder at this point. So I, th- I think we'll get beat in that one and I won't be too disappointed. I know, Doug, how passionate you are about the, the Scottish Cup and, and, and how it holds such memories for you, and I truly get that. In a season like this one, surely if you're Darren Young and you're in his um, his shoes for that game, you're trying to think of the bigger picture. Are we going to win the Scottish Cup? Very, very unlikely, let's be honest. It's, you know, there's, there's more chance of you know, minding your hair growing back than us winning that. But... Um, do you still have the demands for the cup, or would you rather just say, right, okay, we'll we'll field a weekend team and put all that emphasis on the league? Um, I mean, obviously, it's not the real romance of the cup. Let's be honest; we can't go. Um, the thing you've got to be slightly wary about is even against Morton away. I'm God hoping the stream works fine because Morton will still buy quite a few and. It's amazing how much money you could make off these streaming things if you get a big team yeah. in the next round. So financially... Maybe you'll burst into flames with the servers going off if we've got a Rangers or Celtic in the next round at home. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it, it is potentially... It's actually potentially more money spinning than if you got someone at home in general. I mean, if we got, I don't know, Hibs at home in the next round of the Cup, you know, you could probably get 900 Hibs fans at Bayview, but you might get four and a half thousand sort of buy, you know, purchases of the uh, of the Azerbaijani stream. So, in terms of that, it's it is quite you know, I, it depends what he does. It wouldn't surprise me if he rests a few against Clyde, as in, you know, again, it all depends on what happens on Tuesday. If we have a great win again on Tuesday, then the league's going to be still huge, you know, hugely important. But the, look, the Romance of the Cup for me is not there. I don't care massively if we lose, but 
I think financially for the club, it has got potential, you know, there. So I, I'm still going to say there's we've got to put a bit of importance on it. And I'm going to go for, is there, I think there's no replays. No. No, no replays. I'm going to go for the worst case scenario, which is East Side 1, Green Eight Morton 3, AET Knackered. Yeah. Um, I think that we should just, you know, do a walk off at 90 minutes if that happens and just say games are bogey or, Absolutely. Next or straight to penalties or, you Absolutely. know. Um, heady handball or headers and volleys to, to call it a winner because that's going to be an absolute nightmare if it goes to extra time. I think if it's 1-1 one, one in injury time and we're getting penned in, someone should just, you know, sacrifice an own goal and just go, oh, no, look what's happened. Damn you, Craig Watson. But fair <laughs> yeah. No, it's, yeah. It, this is an abnormal year and it's it's not ideal. So we'll just take what we get. If we win, we'll say we're prioritising the Scottish Cup and if we lose, it's all about the league. That works for me. So to round off the show for today, we need to do our 3-2-1s. I kind of discussed this on off-air with Gordon and it's a difficult one because nobody really stood out in terms of performance today. Um, I tell you who's not getting a point is the steward who stood across the opposite end of the park to, the, you know, the clubs had to pay for a student to stop the kids sitting on the wall and a kid sat on the wall maybe 10 feet away from him and he did hee-haw about it. Um, and then I think that maybe he moved in the second half and was up in the trees. So, um, but thanks to the majority, and by the way, I know that a few of the East Fife young team listen to this podcast and you know I tweeted out during the week that you know to take heed of that and the majority of them considering there is normally a lot more and have taken that on board so fair play to them um, but in terms of 3-2-1s I'm going to give my three points to Ryan Wallace he made a real nuisance of himself um, although a lot of the stuff didn't come off he did put a hard shift in and, and it's probably one of the few players that could walk away saying right okay I, I did have a decent game Um the two points I've toed and froed between so many people and like Doug, I absolutely despise his um, personal beliefs and his political beliefs, but uh, I was going to go to Craig Watson, who, by the way, last two games has probably been one of the better players in the park. And I could have gone for Stuart Murdoch for two points today. And, and by the way, Pat Slattery as well, um, somebody who doesn't get an, an awful lot of shout-ins for points. Um, I thought Pat had a good game to do uh, today as well. But yeah, definitely... When you're looking at the, the players that Watson's up against today and Meganson, even Rony McAllister coming off the bench, you know, um, Leighton McIntosh, a, a good, good team going forward. And for us to drop concede, then, yeah, one of the defenders had to get the points. And we give one point to Brett Long. Um, Brett did well to save the penalty and then the follow-up save was, was worth a point in its own. So that's mine. Um, what about yourself, Doug? We'll go over you next. Pretty similar, actually. Um, I always think when defensively you do well, it's very hard to pick between Watson and Higgins. Um, I just, yeah, I just think Higgins in that kind of, I was about to say, Higgins is captain, isn't he? Well, yeah, when Kev Smith's not in the back, yeah. Right, okay, okay. So, so he is, basically. Um, I, I'm going to go three for Chris Higgins. Um, same sort of thing. I just thought, I don't think Megason really got a touch. I didn't even realise McAllister had come on, um, which is testament to to them. I, I just think in games like that, 
you need your big players at the back to step up and, and they both did, uh, you know, so I, I'm going to go Higgins. Two, I've gone Ryan Wallace. I thought, like you said, he was an absolute pest. He just makes things happen out of nothing, even if the ball kind of seems to be going out for a, you know, fairly pointless throw-in. He, he just got, keeps it in and he did a beautiful wee turn right at the end where, he, he, you know, he almost played someone in. Just, uh, he's, a, he's a pest. And you would hate to you would hate to play against him in that respect. Uh, you, one, when he's up against a defender, he's going to iron more to every defender as well. Eh? He's just you can just tell he's absolutely rubbing everybody up the wrong way. Yeah, and, and I think I, th- I think when he's at his best, flashes like that as well. You know, where it's just like just God, just leave me alone, just to play a simple pass without like sort of. You can imagine them like twisting the hair under their armpits and yeah. kind of boyish charm, but. Um, yeah. What one point? I, the obvious one's Brett Long, but I'm not. I'm going to give it to Pat Slattery. I thought yeah. Slattery did very well. Um, I didn't once think he got overly exposed, apart from that fairly silly attempt at a tackle in the box. But no, I thought he was very solid defensively. I thought he was really good. I, I totally agree with you about the steward thing. I, it's amazing how close that guy was to that person. And the guy, the steward, was like. I'm getting paid to watch the football. This is great. And just no clue about the guy who was like an arm's length away, which is a wee bit embarrassing, but we'll, you know. Maybe they you know, it's like two little people in a security jacket. Maybe that, that there wasn't actually steward in. It's two of these five young teams that have just sneaked in to watch the game. Um, well, like, well, put it this way, um, you know, some of you may know I'm a golf caddy by trade and obviously COVID has ruptured my whole uh, livelihood. So I'm on a minimum wage job. I mean, I would have done a better job than that steward. <laughs> I have my own high-vis. I've got a high-vis. And I would have done it for half the price. I could have watched the game while kicking you off a wall. Um, but, you know, so if the club need me, you can find me on Facebook. <laughs> <I'll do it. laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll You're allowed that. to message me. You can message me. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll do that later. We need Gordon CT1 first. Yeah, Gordon. I pretty similar. Um, I, I feel like anybody from the back five could have been in there, uh, but I've gone three points for the big Tory, Craig Watson. Um, <laughs> really, really good today, and. I'm a bit the same. Sometimes I think I, I sometimes struggle to pick between Watson and Higgins sometimes, but I think Watson was maybe just a bit more visible today, a bit more kind of, you know, big head. Is that just his tan, though? Well, yeah, he is a bit more <laughs> that way. Maybe, Gordon, yeah. maybe, we should sign, maybe we should sign someone called Wiggins, sort of the mixture of the I two. Guess. We could just start, let's get Bradley, let's get Bradley in and we'll sign him and <laughs> So we can just give him points, but we know, and the, and the listeners know, we're actually giving it to both of them. Oh, no, no, that's, yeah. that's not a bad idea. Uh, it's a bit like having Jedward, isn't it? You just want to, like, mush them together. Sure. Um, I gave the two points to Brett Long. Um, yeah, he just did really well with a penalty. Um, you know, to me, that's as much of... <laughs> it's as good as a goal. If one of the strikers had got a goal, I feel like, you know... And one as the game that would have, that would have probably been enough to get them in, but he had a good game today. And one point to Wallace. Um, like you say, maybe things didn't really come off for him today, but he was industrious. He was always trying to make something happen, and he was a pest, and ah, that's good enough. 
Cool. So before we break off, we've got one more game to talk about, which is Scotland versus Israel. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen a Scotland or Israel game, guys. They tend to be relatively close affairs. Um, we don't know much about Israel. We've not played them recently. Um, but what would be your predictions for tomorrow after, again, an- another sort of stuffy first half um, in midweek against Austria, but by all accounts, a completely different second half um, and McGuinness turning out with an absolute outstanding overhead kick. How do you th- see the, the game tomorrow against Israel going? Um, I, oh God, so boring playing them, isn't it? Again, um, I mean, if we've got any hopes of qualifying, we, we have to win. We do have to win. Um, I watched, I actually watched the first half of the Denmark-Israel game because nothing happens in my life, so I've got nothing else on. And uh, Denmark absolutely bossed them off the pitch, and you thought, oh, that's a that's a, a worrying sign for us. But uh, we just got, yeah, we need to win. Um, let's get, you know, Jerry Adam, eh, Che Adams on from the start. <laughs> uh, I actually thought you could see that London, people forget London Dykes hasn't been playing for QPR. He's been on the bench for the last, like, 10 games or something, and you can kind of see that. Um, great to see Grant Hanley back and we'll pass on to Gordon <laughs> Before we do that let's talk about quickly the, the formation and I, I love Steve Clark and what he's done for the, the country and, and, and getting us to the tournament you know has to get um, some kudos for that but we just seem to try and shoehorn players into the team to play a role when we've got perfectly good players that are available to play in that position. And the the Kim Tierney Andy Robertson is an absolute like that is everything about that just now. Pick one. Uh, and right now, if you're picking on form, Tierney has to play over Robertson. Um but then obviously you're gonna have you you'll miss out on Robertson's crossing ability. So it's difficult. But I mean it's like when we we're trying to play McTominay in centre half. McTominay showed during the week why he, is, he needs to be in the centre of the pack for us because he, he was outstanding. And again, we're looking at Che Adams, our only in-form striker, our only striker that's scoring goals, and he's on the bench. These are the sort of games that, personally, I feel Che Adams should be getting in and getting involved in. Why bring him in to keep him on the bench? Lyndon Dykes hasn't scored. I know he's been on the bench, but he hasn't scored in something like 10 games. Oh, and McBurney couldn't score in a barrel of fannies, so there's no chance of him going to come on the score for us either. So are we not better to use these opportunities and the run up to the Euros to be actually fixating on what our best 11 is going to be and playing players in the right position, Gordon? Yeah, um, I think I would agree with that. Um, I think, you know, we obviously, we did well, we qualified to the Euros and that is probably going to, not that, not that there's major cracks, but it's probably going to paper over some cracks. I agree about Dykes and Adams, Dykes, was doing really well. He was playing well for QPR. He was playing well for Scotland, but he's not been playing well recently. And you know, he's not been playing recently. So somebody like Jay Adams, who's had a good season, he's playing for Southampton. I think you go with him. To me, that, that makes sense. The, the Tierney Robertson one, that is really difficult. Um, now, he obviously likes, he likes the back three, and I understand why. And it also kind of solves the problem about getting Tierney and Robertson in the team. But I think 
you know, potentially you're not getting the best out of Robertson by playing him wing back. And he's a player you really want to be getting the best out of. Um, and, uh, you know, McTominay going out in the midfield, again, you don't want him. He's one of our best players. You want him playing in his best position. And I think that's what you try and do. You try and put your best players in your best positions and you work around that. Um, I am not a big fan of that this formation. I think qualifying okay. for the Euros is probably... If we hadn't qualified for the Euros, I'd probably be more kind of visibly and audibly pissed off about it. Um, I think we've got good players. I don't really like that formation, and I think I would change it. What about yourself, Doug? I think, I think the main thing we've got to realise now as Scottish football fans is that we, every game... It's going to be pretty turgid. It's going to be, it's going to be quite tough to watch. I mean, even that first sort of period of that game, it's all about Clark's thing is all we're not going to lose goals. We're going to try and be as solid as we can and see how the game goes. We very rarely seem to do anything in the first half. It's always, you know, it's always quite quiet and quite kind of right. Let's suss things out and then we'll see see where we are. I mean, even when we play the Pharaohs, I don't think we're going to win like 4-5-0. I just don't see a Clark team doing that. I I was very surprised that like Gallagher was dropped, who was excellent. The McTominay one's difficult because he was he was excellent in midfield. But if you're playing a back three, you need a ball-playing centre-half. And he positionally, he can be a bit suspect at times there. But in terms of in possession... He's quite key in that role, so it wouldn't surprise me if in many ways he's back there for the Euros. The Robertson-Tierney one, for, for me, it's not a debate. The only issue is that Robertson's captain, so it's hard to drop your captain. Um, he's not a wing-back. And the bottom, line is, the bottom line is when he's playing at Liverpool and Liverpool were purring and he was the best left-back in the world, he has got Manny that he feeds into and runs off. He's got Van Dijk covering him. He's got Henderson... He can sit in from when he goes. He doesn't have that freedom for Scotland. And Austria kind of almost marked him specifically. And he put in one very good cross that Dyke's almost gone to. But I, it's so hard to say. I, I can't remember the last time Robertson had a great game for Scotland. I just I just don't see it. I don't see it at all. And, and as you say, I just think Tierney offers that a little bit more, sorry, he's a little bit more resolute defensively, but. Um, yeah, look, we go to Israel, we win the game, and we're you know always forgiven. We pick up that you know win against the Pharaohs, and you're actually in quite a decent position. But yeah, it's uh, it's a weird one with Scotland. We're so on such a high because of qualifying for Euros. Yet I actually think we're pretty pish, you know. And I, and I think we will be. I think we will be under Clark, and that's it's not a slight on him. I just think that's his style. It's it's you know it's not lose initially and then see if we can win. I've campaigned for Scotland to stick at what we're good at and it's been tough to beat. And I think that Clark is that sort of manager. You know, I'm not looking for Scotland to win three, four nil every week or or every time we play because we don't have the players for it. And to be honest, I don't actually mind us grinding out results if we're creating chances. But I mean, really. We're not creating chances. Um, I mean, our goals on on Saturday, as Gordon sort of said, papered over the cracks. You know, uh, McGinney Esther turned a, a half chance into a goal and we took our first one well. So 
Yeah, we'll be interested to see. I'm I'm going to go for two one um, on Sunday um, against Israel, and I'm going to say that Che Adams is going to get his first goal in a Scotland shirt, and McSauce is going to get the next one. So we'll go for two one in that game. Going to wrap up the show um, with another one of our artist of the month of Bears Den. Gordon, did you listen to Bears Den last week? What were your thoughts? Yeah, I did. I really liked it. Yeah. Uh, apart, everybody apart from Bruno Conte on Twitter um, didn't enjoy it. So, Bruno, I think that's more down to your music taste than anybody else. Your big, your brother um, certainly seemed to enjoy it. Doug, obviously a man of excellent taste. So, pass on my, my kudos to him for that. So, I could have gone for quite a number of Bears Den songs this week, but I've gone for another one from their album, Islands. And here it is. It's Bears Den with Agape.
That was Beers Den there, our artist of the month with a single Agape. As always, give us a shout on social media if you enjoyed it, and they'll be our artist of the month for the weeks coming forward. Although um, I did get a chance to listen to Phil Charletta's new song, which is absolutely brilliant, and we'll bring that to you in the coming weeks. So we hope that you enjoy that when we get it. And apart from that, anybody else got anything to add before we finish up? Not for me. No. We'll not ask you this week, guys, where to find you online because you're both miserable as anything and I don't think anybody wants to listen to anything you've got to say. <laughs> um, um, Doug, no, no, we don't want anybody to find you. Gordon, where are you on Twitter? Uh, I am GordonH1938. You cut down on that Russian bot name. As always, you can find me on the usual social media channels. Probably best to get me on Twitter, Legion1903. And also make sure that you look for any of the Glory Days of Gold social media accounts where I will tweet out general nonsense throughout the week. Apart from that, thanks so much for listening this week. We've managed to squeeze an hour show out of what was an absolutely boring as anything game today, apart from a final 45 minutes. So kudos to all three of us for making that happen. Absolutely zero kudos to Michael McCall. They didn't even bother his arse turning up. But until next week, take care, stay safe, and more importantly, one the five. Go into your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life.